0: This morning's readings from Mark chapter 8, verse 27 to 30. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, you are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Questions, questions, questions. It's, uh, it's profound, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I was just thinking last week, the number of questions that I got asked, or the number of questions that I asked, some of them are quite profound, like what's for breakfast, and some much more critical. My little grandson, we are celebrating Father's Day, He'd done a lovely card for me. We talked about grandfathers and we talked about who grandfathers are. And I said, well, who am I to you? And he said, you're Bobble. And there's a long story behind that word. That's what my eldest grandson called me. My son-in-law says, of course, they were reading a book at a stage about a monkey and the monkey's name was (laughs) Bobble. Now the son-in-law's for you. I'll keep praying for him. But then I said to, to, to little Frank, well, Frankie, what does that mean? He said, you're the person who plays with me. And I guess for a grandfather, you can't do much better than that. But there's more profound questions, weren't there this week. I was at a meeting this week talking about the proposed sexual discrimination bill, which we're going to be talking about here in a couple in next week when Michael's going to come, who, Michael Callaghan from Freedom for Faith. Profound questions for us. One of the questions for us is, as a community, what is that going to mean for our commercial exposure in the centre? Because how the present bill is presently written, if a church is in a commercial space, then there'll be no protection under this, which could have implications for who do we employ, how can we control those sort of things. Big questions about that. Other questions come because of the situation we find ourselves in. It was a great day yesterday. I was privileged to be with Luke and with Andrew at their their accreditation service. For Luke and Andrew to go through that process, they've been asked some specific questions. And the questions were, in effect, do you align yourselves with the statement of faith of the Baptist churches in New South Wales and the ACT? Powerful questions, really. Questions about commitment, about strength had the privilege a couple of weeks ago, and some of you all know Rob Liston, to be involved in Rob Liston's marriage. It was a lovely ceremony. But of course there's a moment in those ceremonies, and many of us have been through it, who know there's a moment when you've got to respond to a specific question. Do you take this man, this woman, to be your lawfully wedded husband or wife? And you have to declare yes. Now, in fact, that's the basis of the Marriage Act. That's the declaration you have to make to become married. There's a profound commitment in that. This morning we come to this remarkable piece, this remarkable, very succinct word from, from Mark. Because here are questions. These are the profound questions. In many ways, Luke, uh, rather Mark, as he gets to this place, has ordered his material to bring us to this moment. Already there's been questions about who is Jesus. But it's at this moment that Jesus asks his disciples, well, who do you say I am? Well, I know what others say about me. In fact, Herod has already made those comments and in many ways Mark picks those up. Some people say, well, you're you know, you're John the Baptist. Others say, no, you're Elijah. And others say you're one of the prophets. Clearly already, as we know, from the scriptures, Jesus already created such an interest that people are saying the question about him. So Jesus says to them, well, if that's who men say I am, who do you say I am? Now, it's a good question for all of us, isn't it? We could spend some time here. We don't have time today, actually. We could spend a fair bit of time in just going back through and asking ourselves and seeing how this is laid out through the scriptures for us. The pattern of the declaration of this Jesus, this Messiah through the Old Testament and right to this moment. But see, it's a question that captures you and me. If you go to a website today, if you typed in the word Jesus, you'll get uh, just on a million replies in half a second. Now, I didn't check them all. But profound, isn't it? Now, you and I know that. None of us. In our part of the world, let me say, in Nepal, what we know in countries like Nepal, a third of the people in those countries go from birth to death, and they won't hear the name Jesus in a way that makes any sense to them linguistically or culturally. That's what we know about our contemporary world. So when I say, well, lots of people know about Jesus, well, the truth is we know that's not true. In fact, some of the people who do scripture teaching for us in our state schools will tell us they meet kids in their schools who haven't got a clue who Jesus is. But my guess is for all of us sitting in this auditorium today, we have a sense of the profound influence Jesus has had on the history of mankind. We know that. So Jesus says to his disciples, okay, that's what the others are saying about me. But let's move this question from a reflection, sort of a a nice couch discussion about the historicity of Jesus. and Let's ask ourselves now, he says to them, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? As Jesus asked that question, I'm reminded of C.S. Lewis, you know, the great British academic writer, profound during the Second World War, asked questions about who is Jesus. And he makes that comment, you know, the Lord is either a l- lunatic or a liar or the Lord. Well, C.S. Lewis says, look, well, actually, I do have it here and I will go to my notes just to quote it because it's worth quoting. Because it's just a profound statement about who is Jesus for us and how do we respond to that. He says this to us. And I say this because I guess there's some of us in this auditorium this morning who are saying, okay, Keith, I'm with you about the profound impact of Jesus on our society. I don't have a problem with that. I I, I agree, absolutely. And I'm aware of Easter and Christmas and those things. And I'm very quite happy, actually, to sit even in this auditorium. But Jesus, who is he for me? C.S. Lewis says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the, fo- the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a, as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. <laughs> yep. Many of us are on that journey. That was my journey. My journey was, as a young man, I really see the power of Jesus. I know that historicity. I'm very grateful for the things I was taught. And that's who Jesus is. Jesus Lewis says, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's one thing you can't say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who sees he's a poached egg or he would also be the devil of hell. You have to make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or is a madman or something worse. You can shut him up as a fool, you can spit on him and kill him as a demon and you can fall or you can fall on your, at his feet and claim him as Lord and God. Remember when I first read that, it struck me again of the error of our kind of rationalism. that We want to we box Jesus into a space there. And acknowledge in a way. And so so here's the challenge for these disciples. Well, who do you say I am? And because you know this, you've heard this record before, no doubt. This story where Peter says, well, you are the Messiah. And there's a sense of at last, at last, these disciples who only a little while ago when they saw Jesus control over the natural elements, who is this? At last, Peter's got to the place of recognising that in this man, Jesus, we have someone who is abnormal, who's profound, who is. And, of course, Philip, rather Peter, the Jew, understands there's a sense here about the Messiah, the concept, this one who's coming, this one who the prophet Isaiah prophesies about, this one who's going to liberate us and free us. And so Peter declares that. Now, you see what the text says, but the text reminds us that Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. It's really interesting in a way, isn't it? When you thought, well, hallelujah, they finally worked it out. Go and tell everyone about that. Now, why not? Why not? Because here's the problem for you and for me. Some of us in this room will certainly say, I, I align myself with Peter. I say, Jesus is the Lord. He's the Messiah. I know that. But what does that actually mean for us? What does it mean to say yes to Jesus? Now maybe, in fact, someone here, some of you this morning, I'm not really sure, said yes to Jesus. And that's the beginning. It's like that yes, I do in the wedding ceremony. It's yes, like what Luke and and Andrew did yesterday when they say yes, I commit to that. Yes, I do. There's always got to be a moment we say yes. You can't say I'm a follower of Jesus unless we've said yes to him. You can't say I belong if I haven't acknowledged belonging by admitting I do belong and saying yes. I wonder. I wonder, have you? Have you said yes? I'll never forget the day I said yes. I still know that in my head so clearly. I still have the picture of it in my mind of Jesus saying to me, Keith, there's two ways. You can either go that way or you can go my way. There's no third ground. There's no third way. It's just one of two ways. It's either yes to Jesus or the other way. But see, here here the, the crunch comes. What does it mean to say yes to Jesus? And here's the rest of this passage. Some of you will know it well, but here's what happens. So he began to teach them the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and after three days rise again. And he spoke plainly about this. So he says, yes, all right, you're going to follow me. Now let me tell you what the rest of the story is. Let me tell you how this story fills out. I am, I am the son of man. And Then they would go, uh-oh, because they remember now about the prophecy in Daniel. And this is a son who's going to be killed, who's going to be crucified. That's not, That's not the Lord I signed up for. I sign up for the Lord who's going to liberate us, who's going to be the victor, who's going to win. I, what do you, On a cross? Crucified? No. And see, that's why you get Peter's reaction here. And Peter says, uh, and when Jesus had turned and looked at his disciples, uh, sorry, and he spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to follow you. <laughs> but this is how it's got to be. Now, I want to say to you, on this journey of faith I've been on now for a good while, there are times I want to take Jesus aside and say, uh uh, Jesus, that's not how it's going to be. (laughs) I hear what you've said to me, but we're not going to do it that way. I'm not sure it's ever been that black and white, but as I look back now at some of the decisions I've made, some of the things I've done, I've recognised that that was the conversation. Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm committed to Jesus. I stake my life on Jesus. But right at this moment, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to take it back. So my lordship or my acknowledgement of my lordship with you, it's negotiable. Okay, is that okay? We'll, we'll, We'll sit down and have a chat about this. And see, one of the great weaknesses of us as a movement, of individual churches and us personally is that, that we sign up, and then we rip up the contract. We say yes, and then we say, uh uh Because if we're impacted. See, Jesus says, what does Jesus say to Peter? This is really, but when Jesus turned and looked at the disciples, he rebuked Peter, get behind me, Satan. You do not have, the, the, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. See, here's the subtlety of this that you and I face. Questions, questions, questions. Yes, there are tons of questions. Some of them don't matter very much. They are much more profound questions. Here's the profound question for you and for me: Have I said yes to Jesus? Have I said to Je- yes to Jesus as Lord? Is He Lord? Because if He's not, what I'm doing, what I'm allowing, is the subtlety of the evil one to deflect me. Because that's what that's what Peter said. That's what Jesus says to Peter here: Get behind me, Satan. And notice the text as he looked around and saw the other disciples. So it wasn't just, this is not just for Peter. It's for all of them. It's for all of us. Let's be very aware that in following Jesus, the challenge is to follow him. Follow him. Even in the places I want to go. Even to do things that we think are contrary to rationality. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you suggest that on your own. That's the value of having a discernment group of people you trust. I hear Jesus saying this to me. Will you test that with me? I hear you. I hear Jesus saying to me something which is really out of the box. It's a whole means a whole career change. It means a whole move. It might mean a whole number of things. Will you journey with me as I make sure this is what Jesus, as my Lord, has called me to do and not just some crazy idea of my own? As Luke said earlier, as a church movement, as a church, we're in this process of discernment. That's why we need to gather together. We need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Not what we want, Lord, but what you want. Show us, because we want to be your followers. That's the challenge of this passage, but this is the challenge always for you and for me. Questions, 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 yes. Well, here's the final question. Is he Lord Have you said, yes, I declare my conviction, I declare that I'm a follower of Jesus, yes, and is he your Lord right now? In those questions that you're struggling with, those moments that all of us have, continually in terms of how we live our lives, is Jesus, is Jesus, is Jesus a source for you and for me? That's the question for us as disciples. Let me pray. Father, (laughs) Father, we thank you again. We thank you for your love for us, that you sent your son for us. We who are unworthy, we who are deserved, we who are at the bottom of the story. But we thank you. We thank you that you came for us. Jesus, we thank you that you died for us. Jesus, we thank you that you invite us to be yours, your daughters and your sons. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, we pray together that you would give us the power, the courage to be who we'd profess to be. So, Lord, help us. You know. You know the things on our hearts right now, the decisions we have to make individually and what we need to make collectively. So, Lord, we want to say, give us ears to hear that we might do what you're calling us to do, because you are our Lord. Amen.